Hey guys, it's Joel. And it's Martin. And Kevin. We're here talking to you before the start of the episode. We have some important announcements to make. Very serious stuff here. It seems that the show may be coming to an abrupt ending. Some unforeseen circumstances have arisen. We don't know for sure. We hope that's not the case. But this week we should have more clarity on the issue and hopefully get more information to you next week if we're still here. Yeah, it's definitely something that we don't want to have happen to the show. But that being said, if it is the last episode. I'd absolutely like to thank all the fans for sticking with us. We've come such a long way and I had a great time doing it. It's not an ideal situation. This is not how I would have liked this to have turned out, but our hand is being forced on this issue, really. Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to say that this is not a joke flat out, right? No, no, there's yeah. nothing. There's, there's nothing, nothing la- There's no laughing this. matter here. So... No, we've been kind of tormented by what's happening. I don't know. I guess we'll, we'll find out in a couple days what we'll have to do whether or not the show will come to an absolute halt and that'll be the end or if the show will have to radically change or no one knows. It's a mystery right now, right? We would have preferred not to have to had to make this announcement, but we owe it to the people that have been listening to, yeah. to, to at least say this much. Yeah, because there's, there's so many of you listeners that have been very loyal and have listened to us since episode one and we're so appreciative of that and we definitely didn't want to just cut the cord and kind of leave you guys hanging. Yeah, so I guess uh, tune in to find out. Uh, I guess within a week or so, we'll we'll know the truth. I would have preferred to end this show on our own terms instead of what's going on here. If if everything works out okay, then I will just edit this out of this episode and we'll continue business as usual, you know? Yeah. But uh, un- until then, we wanted to, uh, we, th- we felt that you deserved a heads up that something might happen that will drastically alter the show, if not completely destroy it. That's fair to say, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. We are aware that we're not getting a lot of information information as why or how They're this is happening. Being but, very vague. But there is a reason for that. It's a personal matter. Right. So that being said, hopefully it won't come down to this drastic change, but there is a possibility that it might happen. And at the very least, our fans and the people that have been listening to this podcast have a right and um, deserve to know. Okay, that's it. Uh, let's let's try to cheer up and have a little more fun with uh, this review. I can't think of a better way to end it than with this. And with The Mummy Returns. <laughs> <laughs> the following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. Hello and welcome to episode 129 of... Yeah, it's that bad. My name is Joel. I'm Martin. And I'm Kevin. This is a show that looks at supposedly bad movies and asks the question, is it really that bad? And what that boils down to is that we look at movies that are on Rotten Tomatoes and reevaluate that score. Does it really deserve to be that low? Tonight's movie is 2001's The Mummy Returns, directed by Steven Summers! Triumphant Return! Starring Brendan Fraser, Rachel Weiss, John Hanna, Freddie Both, Oded Fair, Arnold Vosloo, Patricia Velasquez, Alun Armstrong, Sean Parkinson, and Dwayne The Rock Johnson. The Mummy Returns is a 2001 adventure film. This film is a sequel to the 1999 film The Mummy. This movie currently holds a 47% on Rotten Tomatoes. How about a plot synopsis? Many years ago in ancient Egypt, the scorpion kind <laughs> led a medicine army. But when he sold his soul to Anubis, he was erased from history. Now he's only a myth. Or is he? I can't feel for him. 
Ever. Rick and Evelyn O'Connell is still discovering new artifacts along with their uh, eight-year-old son. Discovering their sexuality. <laughs> with they their water all over my arm. Kevin, be a professional podcaster. This is outrageous. They discover the bracelet of Anubis, but someone else is after the bracelet. High Priest Imhotep has been brought back from the dead once again and wants the bracelet to control the Scorpion King's army. <laughs> That's not only the problem. Imhotep now has Alex and with the bracelet attached him, doesn't have long to live. <laughs> Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> Score by <end. laughs> Okay, the mummy returns! <laughs> what is your history with this? <laughs> I have seen this movie piecemeal. <laughs> but what a meal. But what a meal. <laughs> I saw this movie once before. In theaters? What? And Kevin, who was sitting next to you? That was other than Joel. What? You guys are Say an embarrassment. What? You guys are embarrassing. <laughs> are you kidding me? Th- this was like a summer movie, right? This was a must-see film. So we literally just graduated from high school. Literally just graduated from yeah. high school, and we saw this movie. Did you guys walk straight out of the auditorium? And you- yeah, we still had yeah. our cap and gowns. <laughs> we threw up our mortar boards in the air after the movie was over. <laughs> Did anybody get sold a bill of false goods on this movie with The Rock? Absolutely. Yeah, when we, we when wanted I rock saw, action. When I saw the commercial, it featured scenes that The Rock was in that were not in this movie. I mean, this is right at the tail end of the Attitude Era, correct? Yeah. So they were cashing in while the iron was still hot. I mean, this is it, right? This is the beginning of The Rock as we know him today. Yeah. This this movie doesn't happen. We don't have... The Rock. Yeah, it's it's not there, right? What a world we would be living in today, right? This was the death of Brendan Fraser's career and the birth... (laughs) Of Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Oh, so as one star was falling, another was rising, and in the middle they met at the Mummy Returns. Right, but Steve, right? but The Rock gave him the people's elbow on the way up. <laughs> oh, we'll learn about that in the, in the history, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> oh yeah, but I I don't remember anything about this movie. I saw it in the theater. I remember sitting next to you. I remember there being a hot air balloon in this movie and yes. really being upset about it. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, and and making like we were just making lewd noises and gestures to each other the entire movie. I remember that. And you remember the giant wall of face water. I forgot about it until what? this movie. We were going buck wild when we walked out of that theater <laughs> over that wall of water. I forgot about that. Oh. Okay. Anyway, let's do what we always do at the top of the show: we'll discuss the actors one by one, and we'll see how you thought they did. First up, I just want to say that this movie is sorely lacking Jonathan Hyde. You felt his presence, the lack of it, right? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And that, that Ben Bernanke guy? <laughs> Those were the two <laughs> only solid actors that this franchise had, and they lost them. <gasps> yeah, they wasted them in the last one. Okay, first up, I- I'm going to jump around here so we can save the best for later. All right, first up, Freddy Both, the little kid. I'm jumping right in. I'm going right for the jugular. At this point, this guy is 20. I think 21 Mm -hmm. so he may be a listener who knows Is he Cameron Bright levels? I hated his performance in this movie a lot. I hated him. He really, really hurt this movie for me. Specifically him, his character. I don't want to harp too hard on him because he's a kid. He probably grew up to be a pretty cool guy. But in this film, I really disliked him in role as Brendan Fraser's son. Too big for his britches? He's no Brendan Fraser Jr. Jr. I'm going to disagree with you. Oh, look at this. The newborn father has issues. <laughs> I'm a newborn father? Yeah, you were born a father. 
Yeah, this kid didn't bother me. I thought he was all right. His acting chops were non-existent. They were both. Look, okay, we already established that the two powerhouse actors from the original Mummy are gone. Who is his competition here? He fits in with the rest of these clowns. Nah, he's below. Mm. I thought he was a joke. I hated him. I'm probably going to say this word a lot in this review. I thought he was a little turdlet. (laughs) That's that's one. (laughs) I think you're being harsh. I want to tread lightly. I don't want to tread on him, you know? Yeah. Because like I said, he he's in his 20s now. He's actually listening to this right now saying, don't tread on me. Yeah, so he's probably a cool dude. I, I'm going to go on a limb and say he's a cool dude now. But in this movie, I was not having it. He's what? He he was 8, 10 when this was going on? Probably, yeah. I don't know. I feel like one phrase could really sum up his acting. But mom. <laughs> <laughs> That's his character. Like that, Kevin? You got a kick out of that? The that only was cool, thing bro? that I didn't understand was why he had the thickest English accent of all time. <laughs> Yet his parents... Oh, Brenda Fraser, he's American. USA! 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 (laughs) That was weak. Poorly coordinated. (laughs) Rachel Weisz is... British. She's English, but it's... Blue blood. Very, very light accent in this movie. Yeah. Whereas the kid... It's got like a Cockney accent. Street urchin. (laughs) (laughs) Says governor. Okay, whatever. He tries a taxi in London. Enough with him. Um, Let's move on. Next up, Arnold Vosloo, the mummy himself. He was good. I like this guy. Yeah, he's he's decent. He is the mummy. He does a great job with this role. Yeah. He he barely, I think he speaks English once, this whole movie. Yeah. Right? I think so. But the whole other time when he's speaking ancient Egyptian, Aramaic, Sanskrit, whatever it is, he's great. I like this guy a lot. He's he's got a good presence. Interesting look as well. He looks like Billy Zane Jr. Jr. or something. Yeah, he does. He does look like Billy Zane. He's a competent actor. Okay, next up, Oh, dead fair. I like this guy. I think he's good. He's very commanding presence. We're talking about the guy who rides the horse. Correct. Wears the black. Yes. Yeah, I liked him a lot, actually. He, I feel he's, like, he's very good in this role. I feel like yeah. he should have been the lead actor. Yeah, for real. He He's more of a leading yeah. man than Brendan Fraser was. Yeah, this guy was very believable in this role. Okay, next up, John Hanna. He was the bumbling buffoon of a brother. He's okay, too. I have no problem with this guy. I like yeah. him. He brings comic relief. Yeah, he a little bit. He relieved me. A in all ways. A little bit. Yeah, he's, he's decent, though. I have no complaints. Okay, next up, Rachel Weiss. Thoughts? This was disastrous. She has no chemistry with Brendan Fraser. No? Zero. Wow, I felt the opposite. Zed. I thought that in the first film. In this film, I thought they had chemistry. Yeah, they they're sparkled a little bit. I thought she brought a lot of life to this, more so than Brendan Fraser did. And I'm going to say this. She was looking pretty hot and tempting. They had those... Co-signed. Big time, right? Yeah. I thought she, this role in this movie compared to the same role in the prior movie is like night and day for her. She's a completely different actress now. She's, She's coming to character. her own. Yeah, her character has changed. Yeah, a little bit. Completely. I, uh, a little bit. No, it, it is. We'll, I, we'll talk about that in the review, okay. I imagine. That should be part of the Yes That Bad Drinking Game. Like During the actor segment, when you guys jump ahead <laughs> and mention some plot point, and I go, oh, we'll talk about it later, and we never do. <laughs> that should be part of the drinking game, because that happens all the time. Yep. <laughs> okay, finally, Brendan Brendan Fraser! This guy's acting is a caricature of himself. Really? That's who he is. Like, he acts like Brendan Fraser, which is just a bad actor. I recall liking him in the last one. I thought he was really good in the last one. I definitely liked him a lot in the first one. This one, no. He was barely in it. He, yeah! I was stunned of how little Brendan Fraser was in this movie. Yeah, this, this is... This was not his movie. Rachel Weiss is the main character. Yes. He barely had anything to say, and all his lines were really mild. 
monotone and just like, eh. They didn't give him anything fun to do in this entire movie. No, not at all. Which is a shame because that's what he excels at. Yeah, he was comedic in the last one. being a part of this craziness. They gave him scenes that required strong dramatic emoting and he can't do that. But so you guys weren't impressed with Brandon in this one? No. He was better in G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra. Well, that's two minutes he was in it? Two seconds. Yeah, I didn't hate him. I just, I felt robbed. Yeah, I, I agree. I wanted more That's, Brendan Fraser. We didn't get that cool, steady hand guiding this project. No. It was clammy and indifferent. It was, it, it, it was <laughs> moist. Are you saying he was missing the Somers <laughs> touch? It really was. Where was he? <laughs> he was there in body, but not in spirit. Okay, let's get into the brief history of The Mummy Returns. The title does not appear at the beginning of this film. The title finally is given at the end of the picture, after the headline credits, but before main credits roll. This is now common, but in 2001, leaving the title off the start of a film was a relatively rare innovation. He pulled that same stunt in Van Helsing, if you recall. London's Tower Bridge was closed to allow for filming. They were allowed to close it for 20 minutes at a time, but the resulting traffic jam after the first time brought threats of arrest from Scotland Yard and a reduced closing time of 10 minutes. Brendan Fraser tore a spinal disc, cracked a rib, and injured his knees during production. Dwayne Johnson suffered from food poisoning and sunstroke. Thoughts, guys? How did he have sunstroke? He was in the sun for three seconds, and that's it. Dwayne is is Samoan, isn't he? Yeah, he was born in the sun. He was born to soak up those hot rays. He's a sun god. <laughs> so in the last Mummy movie, if you recall, Brendan Friedrich almost died. He was like almost strangled to death in that noose. Yeah. In this one, he's breaking his back and he tore disc. a disc. Maybe that's why his performance is so lifeless. Is that even? thing you could do. Now I'm afraid I'm going to tear a disc. I didn't think that yeah, was possible. Yeah, I mean... Remember back to Fantastic Four, Jessica Alba, she was terrible, but she was like dying of stomach cancer or something. Yeah. In this one, Brendan Fraser like cracked his skull open or something. Give him a pass. You have the responsibility, Martin. I let you decide. Yeah or nay? Don't we always go back? <laughs> this is the day where the name means. Always, always... <laughs> I need context. Yeah, Always before. go back to Street Fighter the movie. Oh, that is Martin is setting precedence. <laughs> Your Honor, I lead you to episode blah blah blah. The Yes I Bet podcast. He was literally dying of cancer. He was. Dying. He was. He was literally dying, and then and he we died. Were, we were watching him die on screen, and he gave the performance of his life. Sustained. <laughs> So there's no excuse. No excuse, Brandon. No excuse at all. Guess not. Wow. Okay, guys. All right. <laughs> the show must go on, Joel. Freddy Both, the little kid, he passed an opportunity to play in Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone to participate in this movie. Oof. That was dumb. Ouch. Epic fail. He could have been... Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> he could have been somebody. Now, he would have been like Dean Norris or one of those goofy back... Would have been Dean better Thomas. Than this. Forgive me. Been better than this. Because The Mummy is one of his favorite films, he knows so much about the movie that he even served as a sort of consultant on the film for the other crew and cast members. What do you think of that? Yeah, like they would ask him questions like, what happened in the last one? I forgot. Steven Somers would come up to him and be like, (laughs) what the hell happened to Frazier in this? And the kid had to remind them. What do you think of that? I mean, that must have been great for him. Hey, I'm going to call that that little nugget of trivia into question. (laughs) 
Yes. Yeah, that sounds ridiculous. You know, despite fighting his character, the Scorpion King, in the finale, at the time of release, Brendan Fraser had not met The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. And finally, Martin, you'll get a kick out of this. The Scorpion King at the end of the film was dubbed by Brazilian rock singer Max Cavalera. That is awesome. That's cool, right? You love Sepultura, right, Kevin? <laughs> yeah, Roots. He's always singing Roots, Bloody Roots, whatever I see him. Roots, Bloody Roots. That's pretty cool, right? That is awesome. You got your tool references in Constantine? Now this. Okay, this movie had a $98 million budget, but how much did it make? A worldwide... $190 million. Close, actually. That's really close. 215 This movie made a whopping $433 million bucks. Payday. What are your thoughts, Kevin? Why did you say he was close? <laughs> You totally swayed my my number. I was going to go pretty high on that. Oh, I forgot to mention, guys. This movie was the recipient of a couple awards. What did it win? It won Choice Sleazebag for Dwayne Johnson at the Teen Choice Awards. What does that mean? Kevin? I'm offended. Choice Sleazebag. How is he? The Teen Choice Awards. This is insane. <laughs> Sleazebag? <laughs> for Kevin's checkered past with the Teen Choice Awards, consult the proposal episode of yeah, it's that bad. Kevin? <laughs> have a checkered past? That, that makes it sound like I was robbed of a... Of a <laughs> you, you were going to get a Teen Choice <laughs> Award. get a Teen Choice Award. <laughs> okay, The Mummy Returns. So this movie starts off with there wasn't any text on the screen or anything. But, hey, we got a flashback or a, a, a story or a legend or something. Flashback with voiceover. Yeah, man. Are you kidding me? This is typical Yes, yeah, That Bad Fashion. 3,600 <laughs> BC. We went 5,000 years in the past with a voiceover. That's just the days of Transformer 2 having gone that far back in time. Woo. We went really far back. Apparently, there was some type of warrior king. <laughs> <laughs> he's a warrior poet. He gets his butt kicked and he's walking across the desert, dying of starvation, and as a last-ditch effort, decides to make kind of a pact with Satan, but in this movie it's Anubis, and he says, I'll give you my soul if you let me survive and conquer all my enemies. Can we talk about that for just a split second? In this world, the Egyptian gods are real? Yep. What does that say for Judeo-Christian teachings? Kevin, over to you. I guess <laughs> we backed the wrong pony. Because they're all fools. It's an interesting thing to think about. Like, they don't really address that, but that is absolutely what's happening in this movie. The yeah, wouldn't, the wouldn't ancient, that have some impact on modern society today? Ancient Egyptian gods are 100% real. Not only that... That's a really good point. I didn't even think about it. <laughs> there, There isn't even... <laughs> The, the afterlife? Like, in Egyptian lore, like, maybe I was, you yeah, know... Yeah, what, what were you told? I'll tell you what I was I told was, in high school. I you was tell told me you that told. there was just an underworld. Like, there was no heaven or hell. There was just an underworld, and it was controlled by Anubis. Controlled by Kate... <laughs> <laughs> And Egyptian lore is that there's that, that there's werewolves and vampires yeah, in an eternal an battle. <laughs> <laughs> but one day the lichens would rise. <laughs> okay, so they need their body parts and all the stuff that they're going to have in this world. They need it in the afterworld, so they store it. Okay, what they showed of the underworld in this movie... It looked like, it looked like hell! It looked like Spawn! Yeah. It, yes. it looked like CG Spawn. Mel Bolgia was dancing <laughs> in the background. That's terrible! <laughs> you didn't like it? 
That's that's everybody's fate. That's horrible. I remember in high school, one of our teachers said, I don't know if you were in this class. Maybe you were, Kevin. I remember one of our teachers saying that in Egyptian lore, there is no, like for certain people, there is no afterlife. They just go to a nothing void. Right. Which is enviable compared to what's going on in this movie. <laughs> Endless writhing. Writhing pain and suffering in like a burning hellfire for all eternity. That's terrible. Okay, so would you have a problem with? Seeing The Rock defeated. That's impossible. I couldn't believe my eyes. What is with these movies? First Doom, now this? Listen, you know what had to happen? First of all, no one could beat the corporate champion. They had to take The Rock and CG impose his face onto a completely fake CG organism to for, for him to be beaten in a, <laughs> in a movie. It's a really good point. All right, like if he was really on set, he's incapable of losing. He would probably kill Brendan Fraser. Oh, by the way, can we just talk about for a split second of how much The Rock has grown? He, I would Ooh. dare say he's skinny in this movie. Yeah. Compared to how he looks today. Yeah. What do you think? How many Jack 3Ds he scoop it up today? <laughs> Before, uh, listen, he does at least five scoops of Jack 3D in his pre-workout smoothie. And then he drinks two cans of NOS Energy pre-workout. Like, he's full-on beast mode right now. It's unreal. Oh, the pictures of him right now shooting Hercules? They're unreal. I follow him on Twitter. He works every every like couple hours. It's like, AM cardio time. Doing my legs. Makes me feel like garbage because I'm not at the gym. Going as hard as him. On the cover of Muscle and Fitness with Mark Wahlberg? Yeah. Oh, man. That was incredible. Dude, his muscles have muscles. His veins have veins. Mark Wahlberg looks like a 10-year-old boy. And Mark Wahlberg is a big guy. Yeah. Full-on beast mode. So it's amazing to see him as like a baby man in this. A hairless fetus man, as you like to say, Kevin. <laughs> Kevin is talking about hairless fetus men nonstop. Not we, I wish he would stop. It's kind of creeping me out. <laughs> it's really inappropriate sometimes. We're just eating dinner. <laughs> Out at a restaurant, he's talking about hairless fetus men. You know what I could go for right now? Hairless fetus men. <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so after this story where The Rock essentially sells his soul to Anubis and then chows down on a scorpion. Did you like that when The Rock sold his soul, he started like jiggling for like an hour straight? <laughs> what do you think about that? He did a little dance. <laughs> That's what happens when you lose your soul, you jiggle around? Sure. Yeah, but did, did you see what he got in return? This is like giant like world kind of grew out of the desert and he's dancing his way through it. And <laughs> Pretty sweet. <laughs> He's moving and grooving through his personal Here, oasis. His teeth are like chiclets. They we absolutely all agree. Were. Yeah. All right. We, we might as well just do this now. We saw the Anubis army. They're from that game Power Slave. That's so obscure. No one's going to know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but they're, they're those dog men. The Anubis dog men. How do you think they looked, special effects wise? I thought they looked okay for the time, I guess. It definitely wouldn't hold up today. There are certain shots of them from a distance when they're running down the sand dunes yeah. that look so bad. Yep. So laughably bad. You're okay with it, though? No, it, you it, look you look defiant right now. It looks like it's superimposed on on a fake background. Almost, it was reminiscent some shots of Jim Henson effects in the eighties. How it looks like it's in front of like a green screen hmm. or a blue screen with a lot of those shots. The CG itself for the time wasn't too terrible. It looked plasticky. Yeah. So after all this stuff, we're reintroduced to Brendan Fraser. He's got this little turdlet son of a kid, and he's married to Rachel Weisz now. Thank you, Kevin. <laughs> 
<laughs> so they're inappropriately affectionate around their kid. You think so? I'm Kevin, you're a around. father now. What do you think? How uh, much PDA is okay in front of the youngins? Brendan Fraser's popping boners while he's making out with Rachel Weiss, and his kid's downstairs in the library. That's unacceptable. Real talk right now. Real talk. I think a kid should see his parents kissing. Yeah. They're Which not having full-blown sex in front of them, but I, th- I absolutely think that a kid be- should see his parents kissing. Yeah, yes, the kid absolutely. should see that parents be affectionate towards each other. And kiss, which is fine. They're making out. There's some heavy groping. Oh, like, like, like hormonal teens at the drive-in. <laughs> I remember the basic gist about them. I remember that Rachel Weiss was really timid and that... She's like a librarian. Yes. She, she was Noah Wiley. And I remember... She was bookish and she was clumsy. Yes. And I remember that Brendan Fraser was the bold adventure type. But now in this movie, she's caught up to him and surpassed him in adventurism, I guess. She is a swordsmith and a swordsman. Sure. There is a scene in this movie that I'm going to give the screenwriter a lot of credit for that I really liked that it told us this without having to say it in words. Like it showed us that they're expert level adventurers. Mm -hmm. They find this hidden tomb, Legend of the Hidden Temple. They get inside this tomb and it's filled with snakes and spiders and scorpions and tarantulas and they go into it. They don't even care. They just walk in and they just step on the bugs. Mm -hmm. Like it's nothing. It's really subtle. Like they don't even notice it but they they really over accentuate the, the squishing sounds of them stepping on the bugs. Mm-hmm. It goes to show that they just don't care about these things anymore. Like after you fight a mummy, what the hell is a, like a bug to you, right? Right. I thought that sure. was cool. Like these people were actually affected by what happened in the last movie. I think any other movie series, they probably would have done like a character reset on them. Yeah, you're and, right. And they would have been the same. Yeah. Like we'd redo the same stuff in the last one. Okay, so the bracelet of Anubis is discovered in the tomb that they're trying to break into. Yeah, Rachel Weiss just she like knows where to go somehow divine intervention <laughs> dismiss this coincidence okay so this kid is dancing around inside this tomb he's hiding up on like giant scaffolding that's <laughs> usually he's painting the Sistine Chapel yeah and he's got this Dennis the Menace-esque slingshot and he's shooting little pebbles into into the other com- competing archaeologists or tomb tomb raiders race, tomb raiders yeah, Lara Croft <laughs> he's shooting pebbles on onto their butts what'd you think of his antics they were uh pretty boring I hated this guy so much. And I was stunned how early this movie force fed me this little turdlet. I didn't have a problem with this. This is a little kid shooting his uh, little slingshot. It is so bad. They say, Kevin, in Hollywood, never work with animals or children. I work with both <laughs> all day. <laughs> This I was talking about terrible. you. You're both of those things, actually. Oh, oh, okay. Subtle. So <laughs> this kid startles these grave robbers. They start attacking him. Understandably, I would do that as well. In the other part of this tomb, when Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weiss grab the bracelet of Anubis, it triggers some type of booby trap that allows the Nile River to flood this tomb. The CG is terrible. And the kid <laughs> is getting attacked in the meantime. And the, the grave robbers are like, oh, we got to get out of here. It's filling up with water. There's an earthquake or something. Something. The kid, they kick the scaffolding out. The kid falls onto a rock pillar that looks like it weighs 45,000 tons. <laughs> and it falls It falls into the next rock pillar and he's riding it down like, whee, like surfing on it. And the rest of the pillars fall over like dominoes. This was insanely dumb and, oh, I hated it. This is supposed to be a callback to the original movie. So it's like mother like son. Okay, so the pillars fall down and they, I guess, hit the wall where Brendan Fraser and Rachel are, I guess, drowning, and they fall out of this... Drowning out of, pool. Out of this wall, like a turd getting flushed down a toilet. It's just like... <laughs> it's like falls out into this room. Turdlet? 
What did you guys think of this scene? What do you guys think of the CG water? Well, this water didn't affect me as much as the CG water we see later in the movie. <laughs> yeah. That's really bad. So again, Steven Somers with his CG effects. I kept thinking of you, Kevin, because the CG was driving you wild in The Last Mummy. It was. I'm okay you- with this so far. I'm still in on this story. I'm engaged. I don't hate the kid as much as you do. What about not- how they fall out of this wall? They fall out of this wall like a turd going down the toilet. Yeah, so they look like a couple of turdlets. Going down the toilet. But I'm still engaged. I like the first movie enough that I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt so far. Whoa. Yeah? Yeah. I thought you gave it a one. We all gave that movie a three. Did we? Yeah. I don't remember anything. That was like six years ago. I was like, I gave it a hard one. All right, so... In after- reality, he gave it a four. <laughs> <laughs> after this scene, we get a, a nice fade cut, which this movie is very full of. And they're at another site. Another group of people are digging... Yeah, the evil archaeologists. Yeah, there's like an evil archaeology site. Do we always have to have the evil archaeologists or the evil whatever opposite of the main characters? They always have like a standard uniform that they're wearing. Yes. <laughs> So I guess Cobra is digging into the into the <laughs> ground over here. They're wearing these uniforms, these red cloak uniforms, and the ground starts to become impregnated and it grows. <laughs> After about five minutes of the ground bubbling up, it farts out a bunch of scarabs and... Yeah, Trevor returned of the scarabs. I was I, I was very happy to get them back. Again, the return of that effect when the scarabs go inside people and their skin bubbles up. Mm-hmm. Kevin, you're our resident expert on these special effects. What'd you think? This was better than the first film. What did you think when the guy screams up at the sky and goes... And then scarabs come out of his and mouth. pour out of his mouth? Yeah. What, yeah, what'd you think of that? That's pretty cool. I kind of liked it. I thought that was pretty sweet. <laughs> so it, tur- it turns out that these bad guys, and that's just what they are, right? Yeah. They're, they're generic, generic bad guys. They're the king of fools, all of them. They're digging up our old friend, Imhotep. Oh, the mummy. That was a mistake. Can't wait to have him back. Why do they want him back? All right, so Imhotep wakes up, and he's like, hey, guys, what year is it? And they're like, you're the scorpion. He's like, like, oh, yeah? Oh, yeah, bro? He actually does this? <laughs> that's, that's the exact reaction. It's like, oh, what are we eating today? Uh, we got some pizza. Yeah, bro? Like like a du- like that double take? That's exactly what he did. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that was pretty good, actually. I like, like, I like that. Sick, bro. You got the scorpion bracelet? They're like, ooh. Oh, man. <laughs> well, about that. We had it. Some little turdlet kid stole it. They're like, but don't worry, bro. We know where it's at over in London. So, of course, they're like, listen, we got to go get this thing going. This party popping quick. We cut to London. This might as well have been Indiana Jones. Where do they live? Buckingham Palace? They're Tomb Raiders. Oh, yes. They've got they live in Lara Croft's house. They've got money to burn. They're off in Egypt, burning up dead bodies and selling them to museums. I heard, Kevin, that uh, a live anaconda would cost one billion USD. <laughs> listen. That's what they do. <laughs> they're they hunt mummies and anacondas in Egypt. Anaconda mummies. Are they nothing but tomb raiders masquerading as archaeologists? They're grave yeah, robbers. They're grave robbers for are they, sure. Are but they, that's who those they were in that time period, right? Those guys were flying by the seat of their pants. Yeah. Are they grave diggers? Oh, look, they're riding their <laughs> they're monster, riding monster truck trucks into, into the grave. Okay, so at this point in the movie, the bad guys show up and we get our first fight scene. Rachel Weiss at this point is extremely agile 
quick. She pulls out swords. She's having big sword fights. She's doing bad. It, it's insane. Big upgrade for her character. Big time. Yeah, she was a bumbling nerd in the first one. Yeah, now and she's she, a warrior princess. Yeah, she's Xena. <laughs> She says something to the effect of, well, I learned a few moves from you and I can't, you know, whatever. I'm doing better now. And she said, I learned the game from my <laughs> Uncle James and James Bond Jr. I like these action scenes. I'm still with this movie. I agree with you. What did you guys think of the fact that that little kid put the bracelet on and he started seeing holograms? I was just about to bring that up. That's very Stargate Atlantis of him. <laughs> wow. <laughs> did you like that? Just thematically or how that no, looked or anything? No, I didn't like that at all. Why not? It's like a computer, right? It's a future. Futuristic computer device that they had back in 3000 BC. It's magical, right? Anubis is a real person. It was too technical. Anubis is a person? Sure. Why not? It was too much of a a computer device for me. If he wants to put it on and then has the vision himself. Yes. He hallucinates and sees it. That's what's happening. That's fine. No. There's like a beam of of a projector light is coming out of that thing. Yeah, but they show Rachel Weiss and Brendan Fraser making out on like the second. Yeah, they can't see it. They can't see it. So it's magical. It's like Harry Potter. hate that excuse. What? It's magic? It's magic. A wizard did it. Why did this happen? A wizard did it. But I agree with you, Kevin. I do enjoy this stuff that's going on in the movie so far. I like the tone of this movie, the, how light it is, how mm-hmm. slapsticky it yeah. is. You know, it's fun. It, it, it worked for me. I think in other movies, it's really easy for this kind of thing to fail. I think for the most part, this movie works with the slapstick, the tone of it. That brother, he helps a lot. It, it's working so far. Okay, yeah. Alright, so the villain's plan is to resurrect the mummy so that he could fight the Scorpion King? Yep. What a weird plot. To get the army of Anubis? Yep. To take over the world. Yeah. You know, there are a lot of artifacts and things to keep track of in this movie. Yes, there There, are. There's like the bracelet of Anubis, Uh the staff of Osiris, the Scorpion King's army of Anubis. There was like this box that they were chasing after. They're like, open the chest. What was in there? What was it for? I don't remember. I have no idea. But they spent a lot of time running after this box. Yeah, what was that? Oh, I don't know. Was that the scepter or the spear? No, because no. the brother had it the whole time. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, that's weird. Something was cut probably behind the scenes. Though. Yeah, I guess so. Well, once Imhotep is resurrected, he brings his, he opens up a jar and other mummies pop out of it. Yeah, there's another artifact. At which point, Rachel Weiss says, oh, I hate mummy. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. I gotta say, though, I did like this scene when eventually they go to the museum. They have a night at the museum with uh, Ben Stiller, and they're running around with the mummies. There's a scene in there where the the generic bad guys are doing their ritual, doing these chants, trying to resurrect the mummy. Why did they bring him to London? Why didn't they resurrect him in the desert? Who knows? But I really did like this scene. A nice touch that when they're trying to resurrect the mummy, as a sort of collateral damage, I guess, or unforeseen consequence, Every mummy in the museum woke up. Yeah. That was really cool. It was cool. I didn't understand it. I just thought it was cool. Yeah, it was cool. Then we get a fight scene where mummies are jumping around on the double-decker buses. What do you think of this scene? They're trying to escape from all the mummies while driving on a double-decker bus. Quintuple-decker bus. It was slapstick. I mean, there's a scene where the bus essentially gets cut in half by a bridge and the mummy gets squished into the front of the bridge. That put a smile on my face. I liked it. That's very Roadrunner-esque, right? I thought this whole sequence was fun, I gotta admit. Yeah, I mean, we're back to something that was brought up in the first movie, though. They're shooting guns at things 
things that are made out of dust or sand. Yep. It's just pointless. They waste so much time shooting guns at these things. That's true. Oh, there were no cats in this movie. That's right. Real lack of cats. Oh, oh, Kevin, by the way, when those mummy things came out of that jar, we got some primetime Gumby face. Oh, yeah, we did. Gumby mouth. Thoughts? They're they like laying it on thick, weren't they? Yes. It wasn't just once. They did it like 10 times. Oh, their jaws dropped. They love that effect. They do it nonstop in this movie. I, I kept half expecting Brendan Fraser's face. To- <laughs> <laughs> <Gumby> <laughs> mouth. Okay, so the villains kidnap Brendan Fraser's kid. They go on this train and they're they're going to all the Egyptian tourist hotspots mm-hmm. to, to go to find the Scorpion King, blah, blah, blah. The little kid goes to talk to the mummy and then all of a sudden the mummy turns into Dr. Doom. Yes! What, what was happening there? It's Destro. Why? He didn't want to scare the kid, which makes no sense. What they does just he care? Him. I don't know, but all I could think of is, man, this guy would have been a way better Dr. Doom. Oh, yeah. He looked pretty cool though, right? He, he did. He looked, I, he looked scary. Yeah. I don't care about this movie after this. Really? Yeah. This was it? This is the cutoff point? What happened? I don't know. It gets overly complicated. Then Why Brendan Fraser's this... one of the mad Magi and it, yeah, I was gonna bring that up. Why would the it bracelet? It's it too complicated. Why would the bracelet show him like go to this spot, then that spot, then this? Spot? Why would it be a, a breadcrumb trail to get to the place he needs to go? That yeah. doesn't make any sense. Why don't it just take me there directly? Yeah, it's not like they're going spot to spot collecting things or anything like that. Well, after this, it's explained to us that Brendan Fraser is one of the Magi. <laughs> yeah, he's one of the three kings, and this was all predetermined and destined. And I hate their this. reincarnations yeah. of Egyptians. And we get a flashback scene where Rachel Weiss and the woman who essentially is the mummy's wife or yeah, bride. A Nux and a Moon. Right. I'm glad they brought that back. Because remember, I seem to recall that when we reviewed the first movie, we were all sympathetic to the mummy. Yeah. Like it made sense what he was doing. Like uh-huh. we would have done the same thing if we were in his shoes and all that. They explored a little more, like what he's doing. Mm-hmm. I actually do like that. They add some depth to his character. He's doing it for a girl, basically. Right. Aren't we all? Yeah. Can we talk about this Brendan Fraser is the Magi thing? They don't explore this really much. How forced was that? It's so heavy handed the way they do this. It was so unnecessary. It really was. Okay, so Brendan Fraser has this tattoo on his wrist that he said that he got when he was an orphan or something. Yeah. yeah. Where was that in the first movie? Were they tattooing orphans? <laughs> what? Is, this- is he a slave? <laughs> What is the tattoo of? It's like a all-seeing Illuminati eye. That's like ridiculous. And he somehow knows the secret passcode. He did. And he didn't understand why he knew it. Oh, yeah. Like it was just in his mind. He was born with the knowledge. Yeah. What's going on here? It's so clumsy the way that they explain this. I really wish they didn't do this. And it, it calls into question like everything in this movie too. He had enough motivation. He doesn't need to be this special. The chosen one. Chosen one to, to have any motivation here. But it causes the question, like, they, they bring it up at some point. They're like, hey, you're a protector, Brenda Fraser, and your wife is the reincarnated princess. You're supposed to protect her. So is their relationship forced on them? Oh, I see what you're saying. They are didn't you, choose this. Are you saying it's the hand of God? Hand of Anubis? Okay, so they're following the mummy and this kid, their kid, and... <laughs> Who else? <laughs> Who else would they follow? And this is the part of the movie where we get the recreation of what the original was, a giant sandstorm with a mouth where it was like, the howling face of the mummy. We get this in water form. So essentially, Brendan Fraser, Rachel Weiss are being transported following the mummy in this hot air balloon that Joel apparently loves so much. Dirigible, yeah. I think it's unbelievable. <laughs> 
It's like a boat. <laughs> boat ship. A hot air balloon boat ship. That thing sucked then and it sucks now. With jet engines. Sure. So the mummy says, they're following us now. <laughs> Check this out. He does some type of weird super move where he uses the force Wh- to like Waterbender. Yeah, he's waterbender. He had another waterbender on this show. I thought that he just like, like it wasn't as magical as I thought it was going to be. It was more like he was using the force to like lift this up. Yeah. Oh, he's definitely using the force. Remember when he picked up the kid yeah. with his hand? That's straight up Darth Vader. <laughs> yep. So he uses the force and then he just propels it down this canyon. After that, the water turns into his face. Ooh. Ooh. Screaming at them. It they didn't turn look ar- as good as the last time. And that didn't look that great either. What nope. What is happening? They turn around. They're in the mouth of this mummy and he presses a button and that activates the super jet boosters on his hot air balloon. Yeah, they yeah. activated the warp drive on this hot air balloon. This is 1923, <laughs> right? Yes. What? <laughs> Let me ask you this. Hot air balloon is attached to the, the dirigible part, right? The part where they're sitting. Yeah. It's attached by ropes, not by steel girders, <laughs> right? Yeah. So if it's a balloon. Uh-huh. So you're exerting a lot of force, f- forward momentum at the bottom. Wouldn't it just make their balloon like flip around and they would crash to their death? I'm sure the physics on this thing are completely unrealistic. Have you ever seen a hot air balloon move? Yeah. It's the, it's the slowest mode of transportation. That exists. It flies through the air with the greatest of ease. I can walk faster. Are they using the Unreal Engine to map out the <laughs> physics on this higher yeah, Yes, thank you for bringing that back. <laughs> how did you guys like the Sandcastle breadcrumb trail? You want to know how I feel about it? This will speak louder than words. <laughs> Fill in the gaps of what I, I would have said there. <laughs> This kid left the most elaborate and detailed sandcastles. He would have won the LBI sandcastle <laughs> building contest really? year after year. Okay, well, look, after this super mummy wave, it turns out that they're on their way to the secret Anubis pyramid <laughs> oasis. The super wave face pushes them, them to the super to the oasis. oasis. Yeah, that one place he didn't want them to go, you, he sent them there. That doesn't make any sense. Because it took them back the other way, didn't it? Yeah, it forced them down that path. <laughs> it forced them to go that they way. They were going the wrong way. <laughs> All right, hey guys, can I get a ruling on something in this movie? In the first film, the mummy was trying to resurrect his lover into Rachel Weisz's body. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty hot. So he generated this liquid soul thing that was wiggling around and jiggling. Yep. Kevin loved that effect. Absolutely. One of the highlights of the film. We revisit that concept in this movie. Mm-hmm. Anuxina Moon, the, the woman, the yes. evil woman. So when we meet her first in this movie, is she just a normal person? Yes. Yes. And then does her soul and her essence, is it overwritten by the resurrected soul? Yes. Because that's what it made it seem like was happening in the first movie. That's what happened in this one. That's what happened in this one. Okay. When she got the soul into her in this movie, it didn't look like she changed at all. Yeah, she was originally the reincarnation, I think. Yeah, she was reincarnated. So her physical form was exactly the same. Yeah, but who she was as a person is different than a Nux and a Moon. Her 1930s person. She was a flapper. That person's gone once her... the okay. soul is put into that okay. body. Okay, all right. Well, later we find out that Rachel Weiss, just like her, is the reincarnation of this ancient Egyptian person. Yes. The same thing happens to her, but she's not overwritten. No, 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 no. No one brings the old soul back. Yes, they do. It. They did? Yeah. When? Really, dude? He did like not a ceremony this? and like <laughs> the stupid, the stupid like amorphous soul thing was like, <laughs> Hello. Wait, 
They did that to Rachel Weiss? Yes. No. In this movie? Yes. Were you not watching this? I don't remember seeing that. They okay, did. so to fast forward later in the movie, the, the resurrection of Anux and Moon, the femme fatale lady, she casually saunters up to Rachel Weiss, stabs her in the gut, and Rachel Weiss dies. Yeah. This little turdlet kid turns into a necromancer all of a sudden. He grabs the Book of the Dead, does the spell, and brings back his mom's soul. Yeah, his mom. No, he brought that soul back from the dead. That it is. Set- he brought his mom's soul back to take her body. The other one is he's taking the soul of Anuxus, whatever her name is. I can't even say it. No way. No way. Because he's she- taking the old soul and putting it into the new body, whereas the kid's taking his current mom's soul and putting it into her body. No way. Because yes, way. she knows everything about the past. She has the fighting moves down. She remembers everything. That's because she's reincarnated princess girl. This is so sloppy. Martin, I need a ruling. It makes no sense because if the femme fatale has a different identity and a different soul and then has another soul on top of it, just overlay it, you'd have two souls in one body. Yeah, she becomes Nefertiti in this movie. I don't think she does. They're talking to each other, calling each other that name. I think she has the memory of it, but it's not her. Martin, I need a ruling. (laughs) Quick. No, she's the reincarnation, so it's the same soul. I have a bigger issue. Oh? Why didn't Imhotep recognize Rachel Weisz in the first movie? She's identical, right? Yeah, you're right. Big time. Big plot hole. Good job, Kevin. You're welcome. (laughs) My work here is done. That's how you make the big bucks. No, you're absolutely right. It's revealed that Rachel Weiss is the resurrection of Nefertiti, and she was right there. Like, they looked at each other. The the mummy. Yeah. She was the daughter of the emperor, or the pharaoh. pharaoh. So she de- he definitely would have known who she was. He should have been like, as soon as, in the first movie, he'd be like, hey, I know you. I remember you. He's too busy trying to get laid, though, in the first one. <laughs> so, everyone's now in the Scorpion King Oasis, and we get introduced to a a new little villain. The pygmy mummies? Ah, Were they monkey mummies? They look like monkeys. When I was doing the research on this movie, I've time and time again, a lot of the stuff that we're questioning were like, who, what are these mummies? What does this mean? Who's the secret society? Kevin, if you want to know more, the novelization fleshes it all out. (laughs) They, it explains it. Did you think monkey mummies? I thought they were monkey mummies, yes. I was convinced they were monkey mummies. Martin, I need a ruling. <laughs> they looked like monkey mummies. Look, at this point, Rachel Weiss she gets stabbed in the stomach, and she dies, and Brendan Fraser gives an Academy Award-winning performance on her death. Yeah, he started jiggling like the rock in the beginning. <laughs> Kevin, we agree, only a weakling would cry over his dead wife. I learned that from Saw. At the same time, this kid took this stupid mummy bracelet, this stupid mummy scorpion king bracelet off, and he threw it away like it was a piece of trash. I thought that was important. Wait, wait, wait. We've already skipped something we said we were going to address later. (laughs) (laughs) So this kid needs to, is wearing this bracelet. Yes. If he's wearing the bracelet when the sun hits him, he's dead. Yeah. I was so hoping that was gonna happen. The sun starts rising and Brendan Fraser picks him up and starts running. And he runs faster than sunlight. Yeah, he's faster than the speed of light. For he went for miles, right? It reminded me of in 2012 when John Cusick was outrunning the earthquake. Yeah, it's great stuff. This movie's good. How many hundreds of thousands of miles an hour is that sunlight going? <laughs> he's running faster than the earth is turning. Yeah, right? <laughs> How fast is the earth turning? It's like 
It's really fast, right? Yeah, it's pretty fast. <laughs> Kevin, you of all people should understand the love of a child. He's, will let you do superhuman feats. He's the Flash at this moment, right? There is no like demarcation line for like night day. There's a twilight phase between day <laughs> and night. Breaking, breaking dawn. Glimpse. They were breaking dawn. We was running. <laughs> Thanks, Martin. All right, just to jump forward, this guy, the guy that's supposed to be helping the mummy out, Imhotep, he grabs the Scorpion King's bracelet, puts it on his own arm, and goes into the Scorpion King's pyramid, where there is a giant scorpion statue (laughs) with, like, a big hole in its mouth. He sticks his arm in there. That's not what I would have stuck in there. Glory hole. It's an Egyptian glory hole. That's what it looked like to me. If there was a hole in a a wall in your apartment right now, I would be afraid to put my arm into it. So would I. I, Let alone a pyramid of the scorpion king. Your human nature is going to keep you from sticking your hand into dark, enclosed places. Oh, yeah? Chances are. (laughs) I don't know about that, bro. Chances are, there's probably something in there that's going to bite you. Yeah. Yeah, there's two things in these scenes that uh, really made me ponder. First, Brendan Fraser is really neutered in this, really weak yeah. and ineffectual in this scene. these scenes. He sucks. And two, the fact that they brought Rachel Weiss back from the dead, it really makes death meaningless in this series, doesn't it? Does. It? it absolutely does. Here we go again, another one of these stupid movies doing this stuff. I, I wish writers wouldn't pull this stupid trick. Someone dies, they die. You know what? The mummy can come back to life because he was like a, a dark magic priest. Fine. Rachel Weiss is just a person. Yeah, then again, stakes are bigger than that, right? We don't need death of these characters to be the driver. I mean, we're talking about the end of the world here. They said that, but I never really felt it. Yeah, same Amongst here. all the slapstick crap. Hmm. Well, somehow, some way, they figure out that this thing that they've been carrying around the whole movie is the one weapon that can really stop the Scorpion King. Yeah, what are the odds? This is the Lance of Longinus. It's really beneficial that in the Scorpion King's pyramid, they oh. have it drawn on the walls of how to kill him. Yeah, I thought that was a little ridiculous, right? Well, it turns out that there's a caricature of Brendan Fraser with his <laughs> yeah, tattoo, tattoo and all. So the Scorpion King is unleashed. Oh, yeah. Upon our eyesight. I forgot about this, but it it all came coming back to me. When those doors opened, it was like a rush of memories. Vietnam flashbacks. I was having to be in that theater with you, Kevin. <laughs> this wasn't The Rock. We were cheated of The Rock. The, all, all we got was, what, a minute and a half of The Rock in this movie? This CG scorpion rock is one of the ugliest things I've ever seen in a movie. It is very poor. Cartoon this character. is sci-fi original movie level CG. Sure. Sharknado. It's not even that the CG is bad, which it is. You said the design of it? Just the design is hideous. Why was he a half man, half scorpion? Like a manticore thing? Why was he like that? I don't know. He wasn't like that before. No, he wasn't. I don't. I honestly thought that just like the rock was going to come out and he'd be a super pumped up warrior that they had to fight. Yeah, like how did his physical form turn into a scorpion? After the rock is killed, essentially an, an, an earthquake opens up and the rock is about to fall into the underworld. And it looks just like Spawn. There's like all these, you carbon know, carbon copies, carbon copies dancing around.
down, they're on fire. This place looks terrible. It's fitting though, because I think Melboja in Svan is the only thing I've ever seen that looks worse than the Scorpion Rock. Whoa. So the Scorpion King, he gets a spear through his body and I, I guess he gets sucked down into the underworld. But Emotep and Brendan Fraser also fall into this chasm that's falling into hell or the underworld. And Emotep looks over at Anux in the Moon and goes, hey, come on, bro. Help. Help me. And she's like, oh, oh, I gotta get out of here. Abandons him. I like this scene a lot, I have to say. What did you think? She didn't love him after all. I, I don't understand why she would run away. She's selfish and self-serving, Kevin. Yeah, she was. And plus, he lost his powers at the time, so he's not the I guess man. she just escaped. Her soul was just freed from that place, right? Yeah. So she probably doesn't want to go back. I guess that makes sense. I really like the fact that the mummy was fighting for his life, but then when he saw that she abandoned him, he gave up. Like, he started crying, and yeah. he's like, that's it, I'm done. And he just let it go. That really humanized him. I liked him a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's doing all this stuff, but he, the whole time, he's trying to impress a girl, right? Take over the world. He's doing it for a girl. Yep. He lost her, turned into an emo. He was kid, emo. I wanted to cut say. himself. <laughs> Tell Bob, it's not her fault. I spilled the <laughs> apple juice <laughs> in the wall. <laughs> So everyone's escaping. They're climbing up the walls of the pyramid. The ending is like Jumanji. It's exactly like Jumanji. Yeah. Jumanji meets Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull, right? Yeah. Very similar to both of those movies. Yeah, they both had Jumanji tornadoes. (laughs) The blimp comes back. It's going to lift them out of this collapsing desert that's going to essentially crush them underneath this pyramid. But it looks like Rachel Weiss's brother is going to grab a diamond for the road. This diamond is the biggest diamond ever that could ever exist. Right? I, I can't believe this guy. All the crap that they've been through, and he's gonna waste time trying to grab another artifact. There's not enough artifacts in this movie. God Kevin. knows what's gonna come out of this thing. <laughs> Right? That's a good point, right? Just leave stuff in the pyramids now. You've learned your lesson. Some kind of soul-destroying creature. Stay away from Egypt. Okay, let's find out what the real critics have to say about this movie. A piss-poor mummy movie indeed that doesn't deliver a damn thing worth preserving. Peter Travers, Rolling Stone. Yes, many of the visual effects are stunning, but others are downright cheesy. Rita Kempley, Washington Post. And finally, the mistake of The Mummy Returns is to abandon the characters and to use the plot only as a clothesline for special effects and action sequences. Roger Ebert, Chicago Sun-Times. Okay guys, this movie currently holds a 47% on Rotten Tomatoes? Is it really that bad? I'm gonna say 47% is generous for this movie. The story is incoherent and there are a ton of plot holes. I, I mean, other than that, what do I have to hang my hat on when it comes to this movie? Special effects? No. Acting? I don't think so. Is the story, at the very least, entertaining? I didn't think so. There were a lot of points in this movie where I just was not paying attention and wished that it was over. It was boring and it was difficult for me to, to watch. Whenever a movie is, is difficult for me to watch, it's at a minimum going to be a one at a minimum. At a maximum it's going to be a two. Was this movie so bad that it was like painful? Not really. So I'm probably going to give it a solid two out of five. I think 47 is generous so maybe maybe high 30s is probably fair. For me, is it really that bad? Uh, yeah. I'm going to give this a two out of five. It's a shame because I think this movie started off strong enough. It wasn't very strong but again, I had some investment from the first film. These characters are people I'm familiar with 
with and that I like. Ebert hit the nail on the head that they wasted these characters that we've already grown a relationship with. They don't do anything with them. They just have them go from place to place to place. And it's really, really wasted on this very thin plot. This is a long movie too. It felt really long. It This felt like a three hour movie. It wasn't quite that long, but that's exactly how I felt. So yeah, I mean, this I wouldn't recommend it to someone, but it's not, it's not a terrible movie. As for me, is it really that bad? I don't really know. I'm kind of torn on this. I wanted to give it a three. It was entertaining enough. I liked a lot of the stuff that was in it, but yeah, it's too long. It really wastes Brendan Fraser, the greatest sin any movie could possibly do. It has a stupid little turdlet kid in it that I hate. And there's just a lot of stupid stuff in it. So yeah, I guess I begrudgingly give this a two. It's a shame. There's good stuff in this movie. Yeah. Could have potentially been great, but I don't know. Steven Somers wasn't on the ball this time around. He's usually on point. Travesty. Peter Travesty. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> nice. Okay, let's read some listener mail. Oh, Joel writes in. Not me. An alternate reality, Joel. Joel writes in and says, Hey there, ragtag, yes, that bad team. I was listening to your Anaconda review. When I heard Joel say he gave Kevin the chance to pick an episode, a smile appeared in my face in 900 trillion milliseconds. (laughs) When it dawned on me, you guys were finally going to review it. Then I heard Kevin say The Mummy Returns. I dropped to my knees and screamed, Kevin! Similar to the way Spawn screamed, Wanda. Kevin, you had the chance to finally review it. You had the chance to review the Michael Jordan movie masterpiece, Space Jam, a Looney Toony, laugh out loud, ludicrous, likable Looney Tunes film. Kevin, if you ever get the chance to pick again, please pick Space Jam. Even if it means you have to sell your soul to Melbolgia. Keep up the good work. Dennis Craig would be proud. What do you think of that? I have a good response to this. Okay. The reason I picked The Mummy Returns, unbeknownst to you two, is that it was on AMC like two or three weeks ago. And I was like, you know what? I think this is going to be a future episode soon. I'm going to record this on the old DVR so I have it handy. Wow, listen to this guy! Can you believe this? He's doing some social engineering. Wow, so, we, we fell into a trap. So it's, Joel was like, what movie should we do? I was like, Mummy Returns. I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> You've been had. No, I've been made a fool. All along, there was the guiding hand. <gasps> it was you. You see it. Okay, Noam writes in. He says, Shalom, Goyim. I'm Noam, your biggest and perhaps only fan in Israel. I discovered your show not too long ago and just listened to an episode where you asked for your foreign listeners to out themselves. So here I am with a stylish one year delay. (laughs) And as a foreign listener, I might as well ask you a foreign themed question. What are your favorite foreign movies and directors? I know it's way too much to expect from mere Yankee doodles to watch films that aren't made in the great land of America, but maybe you do have some experience. Okay guys, favorite foreign films? I like Akira. I like Amelie and I saw the devil, old, old boy. boy. Yeah, Amelie and old boy. Those are definitely the two at the top of my list. I love Amelie. Uh, that's it? That's, that's it? Okay. Uh, by the way, Kevin, Boker Tov. A little Hebrew for you. Maybe you'll figure that out someday. Sweet. Patrick writes in and says, Greetings from Stuttgart, Germany. Thumbs up for you, Kevin, for having such a great taste in sports in general and national teams in particular. Do you have any predictions for the upcoming World Cup in Brazil? Many people believe Germany to be the favorite to win it all, but I'm leaning towards Argentina or Spain. Uh, I mean, obviously I'm going to hold out hope for the U.S. of A. (laughs) 
What a fool. I don't think that's realistic. Uh, my fallback on that is going to be Germany. Always root to the motherland. Okay, thanks for those emails, guys. If you want to contact us, you can reach us at yeahitsthatbad at gmail.com. Okay, thanks for listening to the show. Please send spread the word of the show to all your friends by liking us on Facebook, facebook.com slash yeahitsthatbad. You can follow the show on Twitter at yeahitsbad. You can follow Martin at yeahitsmartin. You can follow Kevin at yeahitskev. And you can listen to the show on all your mobile devices via Stitcher. Once again, thanks for listening to the show. See you next time. No, we've had to have had something. Up. No, I I don't remember this happening on the podcast. Maybe it has, but if it has, this is rare. A rare breed of flashback. Ring that bell. Save that for turdlets. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>